Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are, and welcome to the Politics Guys with your hosts, Dave Carson and Michael Darnowski. Welcome to the Politics Guys. I'm Michael Baranowski, a political scientist at Northern Kentucky University. My co-host this week, as always, is Cleveland area attorney and sometime Republican strategist Jay Carson. Before we start today's show, a quick reminder about the Politics Guys newsletter. If you're interested in seeing the best stuff I've read all week, along with my thoughts on why it's worth your time and how it fits into whatever's been knocking around in my head lately, you should check it out. From time to time, you'll also get one of Jay's always amusing and insightful columns, and very soon we're hoping to start including links and commentary from two politically astute and very smart guys who also happen to be former students of mine. A libertarianish political scientist who I'm pretty sure would get along great with Jay, and a far-left uh, quasi-Marxist who's my go-to guy for intelligent and well-informed critiques of capitalism. Getting the newsletter is easy. Just go to our website, politicsguys.com, and sign up on the form you'll see there. You can also check out previous issues by clicking on the Past Newsletters link right up above the sign-up form. And now, on to this week's show. We'll start today with an ending, President Obama's farewell address, which he gave before a packed house at McCormick Place in Chicago, where his amazing political career was launched. Now, the speech had a lot about what he accomplished as president, but it also included a warning that we shouldn't take our democracy for granted and a call for us to not only stand up and take action, but to try to listen to those we may not agree with. And to me, I found that it was an eloquent and moving address, and I actually got a little choked up at times. Now, if you missed it and are interested in hearing it, I have links to the video and a full transcript in this week's Politics Guys newsletter. On Wednesday's show, we'll be looking at President Obama's legacy, so we won't get into that too much right now, but I did want to say that my admiration for President Obama runs deep, and I will sorely miss him. Jay, I have a funny feeling you don't entirely agree with that. Oh, boy. I uh, got all teary-eyed. I mean, to me, as again, as a, as a conservative, uh, one should never get uh, teary-eyed at the... Uh, a sort of transfer of, of power of someone, one person leaving office and another coming in. Uh, if uh, the, if you're that emotionally invested, uh, then then uh, that's that's troublesome. Um, uh, you know, look, I, I've I think Obama is is probably uh, a nice guy personally. I think he would be a fascinating person to talk to. I think he's very very smart. Um, uh, but. Uh, you know, I, I don't know. Even even just the the farewell address is a little, it's it's a little over the top. It's a little self serving. It's a little. Huh. Um, All presidents you know, do that, don't they? I mean, you know, it's kind of a way to wrap sure, things up I, and no, so I forth. Mean, you got to do it, but. Um, uh, you know, it kind of reminds you know, me. Not, uh, let's put it this way: I am, I am, I am not sorry to see him go. Sure. I guess that's probably the best. I, I, uh, he he seems like a a a nice man, and I'm sure he means well. Um, but uh, the 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 two you know pieces of let's listen to others, uh, but take action. Um, you know, I guess that's a little concerning in that um, his his presidency has been really characterized by a refusal to listen to others. Um, so I you know maybe maybe that's sort of the lesson he learned on the way out. Uh, I I don't know, but. Uh, uh, I, I guess I'm I'm sorry for your loss at seeing him go. Uh, but, well, 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 you and I uh, would, you can be comforted in that. I'm, I'm sure I'm sure he'll still be around. Well, well you and I would I'm disagree. Sure. I think to the extent that uh, to the extent that he listened or didn't listen to others. But but I, I guess to me it reminded me of the way I felt back in my previous life as a conservative when Ronald Reagan left office, and it was just kind of a sort of a sad and wistful feeling and a, th a thought that, you know, it's too bad we have that 22nd Amendment uh, cause be, because I felt he would have, you know, certainly won a, a third term. And I certainly think that Barack Obama would have easily won a third term in office. And it's one of my least favorite amendments. But, you know, there it is. Republicans wanted to put that sucker in because they were tired of Democrats winning all the time. And it worked. It's, it's worked, you know, in the past. And it's worked this time, obviously, too. So uh, Republicans 
yet again uh, get to manipulate the system to you know well in again, an anti-democratic way to get their a, preferred at that results. Point, a, a someone who was was essentially president for life. Um, we can talk about the his history of that some other time, but um, I, I think it's a good thing that uh, uh, we have for the highest office uh, the the requirement that you step aside. Okay. So well, and you know, before President Obama left off, he's actually tried to do a lot of things. But I know there was one thing in particular, Jay, that got you uh, a little—I uh, don't know—worked up. Maybe do you want to uh, talk about that? Well, it was—you know—he's taken a number of, of unilateral actions, uh, and and the one that came last week is the uh, change or the ending of uh, what was called the wet foot, dry foot policy in regards to Cuba. Uh, wet foot, dry foot, uh, you know, essentially people escaping from Cuba, uh, and I choose that word intentionally escaping, um, if they could make it to the mainland, if, if you could get one foot on, on land, uh, then you could stay as a refugee. Uh, if you are, however, picked up at sea, you would be turned back uh, for uh, return to the, the uh, regime there. Um, and this is because, I mean, Cuba enjoyed a, a special status uh, that other countries don't have. Um, so on the, the way out, uh, Obama, well, the first I heard just the headline saying Obama to eliminate wet foot, dry foot. Um, and, and my heart soared for a second thinking, OK, now it's, it's, it's wet foot, wet foot that, that we can, you know, you, you, you rescue someone at sea uh, that they'll have a uh, uh, safe harbor here. But it was it was the other that uh, now they will be uh, uh, returned, and it, it was done under the guise of normalization of relationship. Under uh, the guise, with, with Cuba. Yeah, I mean, that's, I mean that's, this that's, is well. I mean, I, I think it seems to me that Cuba is now being treated like like all other countries. It seems like a rational policy. I think it was. A, I think it's a smart move. Certainly, if you want to, if you want to engage in uh, you know better relations with a country, as we've been, as President Obama's been trying to do with Cuba, I think that's one of his few uh, foreign policy successes. And you know, certainly there have been a lot of failures, and we'll talk about that on on uh, Wednesday's show. But I think this is a move in the right direction, and I'm just really, really happy to see him do this on his way out. Yeah, I think it's it's immoral. Um, wow. You know, as 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 your your friend Obama would say, let me be clear. Uh, it is illegal to try to escape from Cuba. Uh, the the Cuban government now again, there's there. I, I should I should walk that back perhaps a little bit. There is more leniency uh, allowing people free reign to to visit and so forth, travel than there used to be, uh, but. The Cuban government has a history of attempting to kill people who leave. Uh, they would intentionally sink their ships, um, and and the idea that um, we would uh, we would now sort of assist uh, in that is um, is troubling to me. And the other piece of it is I don't know what we what what uh, even if you want to try to justify it as uh, sort of a real politic. Uh, this is this is the way things work. Uh, we have to do this. Uh, I don't see what the United States gets out of this. But it's well, sure you do. I think it's that it helps it helps uh, increase or gives give us better relations with the Cuban government, which is part of a number of things that President Obama has been doing. And also, I want to point out that this is not saying and, that, and that wait, again, and before that helps before us how well. Right, because we don't want better relations makes with it Cuba. Easier for Jay Z and Beyonce to visit. I mean, no, that, no, you know, sure. makes it makes it easier for liberalization in Cuba because the Castro's regime is going to come to an end, and you know, pretty clearly, a policy of just shutting out Cuba, which we've done for decades and decades, has not worked. So President Obama tried something different, and I say it's high time. And also, I want to point out that this policy does not mean that people coming in from Cuba cannot get political asylum; they still can, just like people. Coming from any other country, and so I think it's very important to point that out. We're not just sending people back if we believe that there's a possibility that they will be uh, uh, tortured, killed, or something like that. We're just reviewing these cases on a case-by-case basis and making that decision as opposed to doing what we had done in the past and giving Cuba this very different treatment. All right. I, I mean, to me, uh, I, I guess you know we'll, we'll disagree on this, but. 
before we had had a, a strong statement that uh, uh, we believed in escaping from uh, communist regimes, uh, and and this this walks that back, and I think it sends a message to those inside Cuba who are seeking liberalization uh, that they can't really count on us. Um, well, so like, I, I think that's a shame, and I think it's something he shouldn't have done. The other piece of this that folks have, have mentioned, if you want to be really cynical about it, is the idea of setting up Trump uh, so that if Republicans and Trump say, no, we want to return to this policy, then uh, the the left will cry hypocrisy because he wants to be tough on immigration uh, on one hand, uh, but uh, loose in immigration or, or asylum seeking on the other. Nah, I think that's uh, reading a little bit and too I think much that's, into I it. Think that's, you know, I think you can make – I think Republicans will restore this. I think Trump will restore this uh, wet foot, dry foot. Um, uh, the left will howl, um, and I think there'll be a good distinction that we can we can make. All right. Well, uh, like you said, we we definitely agree on uh, disagree on that, and it's only because you're wrong, of course. But uh, let's let's move on from uh, an ending of a presidency to the beginning of a presidency, or more specifically, the first news conference that the Donald Trump has held as president elect. And you know. I don't think ever – I've never before been so struck between the contrast between the outgoing and incoming presidents as I was when I compared President Obama's farewell and President-elect Trump's news conference. And so in it, Trump called CNN fake news. He announced an ethics plan involving not entering in, into any foreign business deals as well as turning over his businesses to his sons. And that was a plan that was met with really bipartisan criticism, though, of course, more from Democrats than from Republicans, which you would expect. He also conceded that, well, OK, Russians were responsible for hacking democratic systems. And then he responded to yet another political scandal, uh, this one involving allegations of collusion between Russia and the Trump campaign. Now, this is a story we'll talk about separately, along with all the other potential scandals and investigations in our next segment. But, Jay, what did you make of Donald Trump's news conference and, and what do you think about his ethics plan? You know, the ethics thing, I, look, this this was pretty far thought out. Uh, to some extent, you have to look at what can he do, what's possible, um, given just the nature of, of his holdings. Um, you know, he's he's had teams of people look at this. He's got uh, lawyers. He, you know, again, he, he sort of had the, the fun visual of uh, all the big stacks of paper uh, showing all the, the transfer of the companies. Which apparently um, were, according to some, which, which reporters couldn't look at and apparently were actually uh, uh, blank, according to according to some accounts, uh, suggesting that. You according had, to who? Oh, you didn't see that? Well, that's, you got to get out of your National no. Review, Wall Street Journal uh, uh, bubble there. Yeah, they didn't let reporters look at those pieces of paper. But from the, the close-up shots that uh, that they could they could see, it seemed that they looked suspiciously uniform and uh, uh, and like basically like stage props, which wouldn't surprise right. me at all. But anyway, the point being, it's kind of a side point, right? I mean, the point being that he's got this plan, and I guess you you trust him because he's got attorneys. No, I I I I do trust uh, that that he's going to be divesting as best he can. I guess here's the thing: what what uh, there, there's no plan that would ever um, uh, please the Democrats. Sure was sure there is if he if he sold off his assets. Right, uh, but uh, I don't think. Um, Wait, you can't be expected to take to a loss to be whom? president of the United States. I mean, my God, that, and that's the point. Sell, sell them off. Sell them off to whom? Let's, to whoever would buy them. Want to go that way? Let's let's, let's walk it out there. Sure. Sell them off to whom? To whoever would buy them. What if what if he's he's got properties in a foreign country? The foreign country wants to buy it. Well, then that's fine. Whoever wants to buy them. I don't see. I don't see what the problem is. If you want to be, wow. if you want to be the most powerful person in the world, if you want price. to lead, yes. Price. If you want to lead the United States, I. I don't think that it's too Foreign much. Government to, says, "Oh, Mr. Trump, so sorry that you have to sell this off. We will offer you fifty billion dollars uh, for your hotel." Uh, Trump's no, no, no. I'd, I'd like to just hand it off to my sons to let them uh, run the business. I see what you're uh, saying. Democrats insist. No, no, no. Please. Um, you know, and I mean, real estate isn't like a stock where you can just sell where there's an immediate market. Fair point. And there, there Fair are point. anonymous buyers. Um, 
it, it's not like you can just get rid of it or put it just into some sort of a blind trust. No, you're right. And it is it is much more difficult. That is, that's a fair point. And, you know, people have pointed out, even if he put all of his holdings into a blind trust, it's not like he doesn't understand that you know, the big buildings with Trump on them. I mean, it's pretty right. obvious. Yeah. So, but I think the larger point is that my feeling, I think the feeling of a lot of people on the left is that he wants it both ways. Uh, and, and, and I don't think it's reasonable – well, I, I think it's not unreasonable to say you should bend over backwards to avoid even the appearance of the potential for conflicts of interest, which I don't think he's doing. I think he basically wants everyone to trust him to do the right thing because he said, well, I don't want to take advantage and that should be enough for us. And that's not enough for me. All right. Well, it 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 never will be. No, uh, no, it won't. I, I think he's I think he's taken some some positive steps here in in doing this and announcing the press conference. The press is going to be all over him uh, throughout his presidency on this. Um, so I I, I don't uh, expect that there will be um, uh, much room to do anything uh, uh, sneaky so forth. And and again, the the conflict of interest. Um, I, I to some extent I I guess I I don't see what if there was a a good reasonable alternative that someone could say oh he could just do this uh, I might be my, more inclined to uh, uh, to adopt your point of view but I don't I don't think there is I think this is the best you can do given the types of assets he holds and where he holds them. Well, I guess we'll, we we will in fact find out. I'm sure over the course of the next few years. But uh, and and I, obviously, I I hope you're right. You know, and I hope that Donald Trump is right and, and is honest when he's saying that he doesn't want to take advantage of the presidency for his own for his own personal gain. That would be obviously you know the the best possible outcome. But we'll just have to wait and see and trust Donald Trump on this. Okay. Sure. Yeah. Well, that's. That's not encouraging to me. All right, before we move on to our well, what, but, but the ahead. rest of the press conference though too. There okay, was, there was a lot of plenty of other fun stuff. I mean, well, sure there uh, was calling CNN know, fake news, right? And I look, that's that's classic Trump. And to some extent, when we take that fake news in context, and I think that's what we're going to talk about next, he may have something of a point there. Uh, and the the combativeness, uh, it's it's a different way of, of responding to the media. But it's one thing. It's one. But it's one. It's going to a whole different level to call them fake news. It's a different opinion, and that's. I think that's the thing that President Obama was talking about, saying, "Okay, fair enough to criticize someone's analysis. Fair <laughs> enough, even to question how they're getting their facts, but to just flat out call them fake. To just basically just say you are not legitimate because you're doing stuff I don't like. That to me is beyond the pale." And that, to me, is is how well, Donald Trump was, operates. This was in the context of of a story regarding um, uh, Trump uh, collaboration with with the Russians. Um, you know, they they ran a story or a link to a story or reported on a story uh, about another story, which which sort of gives it a type of legit legitimacy that it probably ought not to have had. Um, essentially, accusing him of treason. Uh, no, I think it's it's perfectly within the the realm of the president to come back and say no. This is this is fake news. This is there is nothing there. There is, and it, it's not it's 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 fake news in the sense that there's no real journalistic review or vetting. It's a matter of uh, sure. you could you you or I you or I could meet some crazy man on the street who would hand us documents saying here is the proof that uh, Trump is in league with the aliens. Uh, and we could hand it off to CNN and they would report that we have reports from sources that, you know, Trump is collaborating with, uh, well, with extraterrestrials. Okay. Fair enough. A number with, of points without, here without though. Blinking an eye, well, wait, without, but this is, that is even close to the case though, because we, number one, this without, isn't without some crazy man. We've this ourselves and found these claims to be crazy. Well, well, no, this uh, isn't some crazy man off the street. This is a guy who had worked for British intelligence, who had a good reputation in the intelligence community for one thing. Um, and so it's not some kind of crazy, ridiculous spinning theory about uh, contact with aliens. It's something that seems at least logically plausible given a lot of other things. So this is not the sort of thing we can dismiss out of hand. And, 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 and third, 
it's not like it's not like Donald Trump included all those caveats and qualifiers and so forth. He just flat out said this the CNN person, you're fake news. Now that's a that's a blanket condemnation. That's a lot different than saying that this story is BS, which of course he said as well. He called it a witch hunt, but that again, that's I don't disagree with you on some of this stuff, but Donald Trump takes it not one, not two, but three steps further than that. And I absolutely believe he wants to discredit any any media that disagrees with him even a little bit or that will cast any aspersions. Well, of course he does. But it's more it, it, it's a difference in it's a difference in in kind. It's not just a difference in degree. He is he is he is going far past any bounds of propriety. And I think this is just a disaster. And you, Total disaster. You don't. Yeah, exactly. It's sad, really. Um, but you know, I, I just, I just am shocked by not really shocked. I guess it's Donald Trump. You know, but let's let's talk about. You yeah. Know, let's let's talk about this. So, now what? There are essentially right now three big investigations that we know of. You know, I can't ever recall an incoming presidential administration that had so many potential scandals and investigations before this person, you know, even took office. So to me, the big three are the Senate Intelligence Committee's recently announced investigation of links between Russia and the Trump campaign. And this was a bipartisan thing, right? Because Republicans control this committee. Um, Mm -hmm. Secondly, a possible FBI investigation on the same topic. And uh, in, in testimony, the FBI director, James Comey, wouldn't confirm nor deny or deny this investigation, which is pretty much standard operating procedure. And then finally, well, so let's I mean, we're making an assumption that there is there is such an investigation. Right, I'm saying that, that, I mean, there, think, that there's a possible I mean, I investigation. Be careful before we say uh, it, it, it's so easy to throw out there. That uh, but, but some organization to, is investigating for something, and then they can't confirm or deny, but, and you say, "Aha, there's the proof." But no, I, but I said a, a possible investigation, and I said he okay. wouldn't confirm or deny. And we know that the Senate Intelligence Committee investigation is, in fact, an investigation because they issued a, a, a statement right, from that's the a public okay. thing and right, yeah. And then finally, there's that Justice Department Inspector General's investigation of how FBI Director Comey handled. FBI's investigation of Hillary Clinton's emails, an investigation of an investigation. Let's put that off to the side. But to start with, you know, let's talk about what prompted these first two investigations, right? The the oh, the one investigation and the one who knows if the FBI right. is investigating or not, which is an unverified opposition research report on Donald Trump compiled by a well-respected former British intelligence operative. Now, it had been common knowledge on Capitol Hill for for months now, but it hadn't been in the media until BuzzFeed released it uh, not too long ago. And there were some salate, there was some salacious stuff about the Russians having compromising material uh, of a sexual nature about Donald Trump, and that well, got a and lot. Again, of, what that makes one wonder: what seriously? Yeah, what well, can they but, possibly have? But, come on, yeah. Well, but what, yeah. what could he have done that you haven't imagined already? Well, there was some stuff that was pretty. Anyway, pretty salacious. But to me, and to, I think to most people, even greater concern are these allegations that Trump's campaign actively worked with the Russian government to help torpedo Hillary Clinton's campaign. And if this is true, of course, this is absolutely impeachment and removal level stuff. And and so – Absolutely. I, and, and yeah, I'd like to get – I guess before I comment, I'd like to get your thoughts on this. Uh, well – First of all, big allegations require big proof. Definitely, I couldn't agree more. And this this is something that it is it's uh, you know essentially accusing someone of of treason. Yeah. Um. And and the problem I have is at this point we have no one who is actually on record with any firsthand knowledge that any of this took place. Agreed. Uh, there's no uh, extrinsic evidence at this point. Uh, that any of these meetings actually took place. Uh, there, there are, there's evidence to the contrary that these took place in, in terms of people denying that they took place. Uh, there is evidence, uh, there is, there is suggestions that, I mean, this would seem to, to not make sense, uh, I think in a lot of ways. Um, but, uh, you know, yet the concern is BuzzFeed, uh, takes this and uh, runs with it, and we're here. We're talking about a story that that may or may not exist. Um, so that's that's what what troubles me. You know, think think back on 
the Bill Clinton, Monica Lewinsky situation. Uh Uh, In that case, you had live witnesses, people who would testify, actual names, details of what was going on, actual physical evidence, um, and yet the press held off, didn't do it, wouldn't touch it, wouldn't touch it, except when uh, Mike Drudge finally went public with it. Uh, And the immediate response, of course, was to, you know, attack Drudge as fake news, uh, claim the whole thing was a a vast right-wing conspiracy. And this is the difference between how uh, a Republican is treated in the press and how a Democrat's treated in the press. Well, I disagree. Uh, I think to get any sort of, of, you know, scandal of a Democrat, you have to have the highest level of proof uh, with a Republican. You can have... The, the the sense of, uh, you know, the more outrageous, uh, the less proof is needed. No, I, I disagree. I disagree. I think you're in a bubble here because I think I've, I've read from a lot of liberal media outlets who have said, you know, BuzzFeed probably shouldn't have done this. And so, I mean, it's not like once this is out there, it can't, but no one's going to just say, well, BuzzFeed reported this thing, but we're not going to talk about that. So, I mean, there really wasn't an option. This is a huge story. Yes, yes, yes you can. No, I mean, you can't, I think, please. I, think, I, think I mean, BuzzFeed, well, BuzzFeed, you can question whether or not BuzzFeed was right to do that. I think that's absolutely a, a reasonable thing to question. And I, I maybe come down, I'm not sure where I come down on that. I can sort of see the argument for doing it in that if there was a concern that something this this big might have happened this something this something that would be certainly if it were true treasonous well and if that news organization is concerned that nobody's investigating that sometimes you bring these things out so there will be investigations but on the other hand and what you do what you do is you conduct your own investigation and you conduct it to appropriate journalistic standards but you can't do that there's a story from buzzfeed we're going to investigate it ourselves, and let's see if we can get actual evidence, actual witnesses, actual corroborating witnesses uh, of any of this before we run the story. But, but you can't do that if you're – I mean you can do that if you're a journalistic organization, but you don't have the resources that, say, the Senate – you know, the Senate, uh, United States Senate has or some other government organizations. And so this is a, a big enough thing, and you know if – if these claims, I think these claims should be investigated, and I wouldn't be surprised if there's no uh, there's no cor- corroboration for them. And, and great, then we can kind of move on from that. But I, I think it would be irresponsible not to investigate this sort of thing. I, again, when we're talking about how did the Russians hack into uh, DNC computers, yes, uh, absolutely, that'll be investigated, and it is. Um, you know, if if someone is going to come forward with actual credible evidence uh, that uh, uh, this happened, uh, then yes. But I, I, I think I think I'm, I'm concerned. The next four years is going to be, you know, plenty of this rumor and innuendo, um, uh, where. You know, look look back at the Dan Rather, George Bush uh, story. But, but this is more than rumor uh, and innuendo. I mean, this is not just from some nut off the street. How so? Well, it's not Wait, from no, some is, nut off is, the okay, street. This is from a respected – this is from a supposedly – again, I, I've never heard of him, but there's no reason I should have. Yeah, me neither. Uh, you know, respected guy. Um, although although the, the respectability, there's, there's some question there that this operation that he works for sort of does this – um, sure, it's an opposition research op, uh, yeah, thing where that's what they yeah that's what they do yeah but so, so he's a very respected dumpster diver yeah um, but uh, uh, you know we don't know anything about where he got his information sure Dan Rather was a very to... respected news newsman yep um, but you know and but the, in the that case that he was given is completely false in that case there was an investigation and he was discredited he ended up leaving CBS News and I think that was exactly the right outcome. Sure. You know, but uh, but anyway, but, uh, I think one thing you're right about. In the meantime. Yeah. Well, well, you know, one thing you're right about is there definitely are going to be more stories like that. And some of them, I think, will be reasonable and somewhat well-founded and others, unfortunately, won't be. And uh, but but yeah, you're you're absolutely right. This is going to be, I think. Let me throw this. Let me throw this out there. Yeah. So a couple of weeks back, there was this issue of the the fake news and the the pizza place in uh, in Washington D.C. where the the guy arrived Horrible to conduct his own investigation after uh, getting reports that Hillary Clinton and uh, other high level Democrats were running a essentially a a 
child prostitution ring out of the catacombs beneath the Washington uh, pizza parlor. Right. Now, on its face, it sounds unlikely. <laughs> yeah. I mean, right? Uh, yet, you know, if if someone, I mean, what's what's the difference, I guess, if you can say, look, I have information that, that uh, John Podesta and Hillary Clinton uh, are secretly in the basement of this pizza place. Um, <laughs> I mean... Well, there's that. I think I see what and you're and saying. The difference of like sure. I've, I've got oh I hear information that Trump is has colluded with the Russians. I think there's uh, the, what's your source? Well, yeah. I don't really you can't na- I can't name my source, but you know. Well, I, I think there's I think there's a big difference. I, I see what you're saying. I think there's a big difference because certain things are on uh, on the face of it more or less plausible, and so you look at sort of a pattern of behavior and actions and so forth, and based on that, the idea that uh, Hillary Clinton and John Podesta are doing, you know, child slavery in the basement of a pizza parlor, that... Where would you find the time? I mean, I guess... <laughs> but, I mean, that, that sounds, that sounds so, satisfied. yeah, horribly out of character, whereas a scenario in which the Trump people say, well, you know, we'll talk to some Russians, maybe maybe it's just some low-level folks and so forth. And to me, that doesn't seem as ridiculously out of character, given all the things that have been said about Russia and all that we believe we know about Donald Trump as an individual. I don't think that seems totally ridiculous. And so I think that's a claim that you say, well, okay, I can sort of see that. And you may be Give a little more, you know, consideration to that sort of thing. That's what I'm saying. Okay, my my final my final point because I know we're over over time on this, but to me, and this is something that I had read from, um, uh, I guess this was another British intelligence person sort of commenting on uh, the story, is that you know if if the U.S. Uh, CIA director had come to British intelligence with this, they would dismiss that as that must be misinformation because it's too perfect. Um. And, and uh, you know, I wrote in, in the newsletter a couple weeks back about evaluating fake news. And to me, one of the biggest the first piece that you have to look at in is this likely fake or does it does it deserve more skepticism is does this story fit so neatly with my worldview? Sure. Uh, that it's just like, oh, that's just like him. Um, those are the cases that require additional skepticism. Sure. But of course, sometimes people do things that are just like them. I mean, you know, so that, that's that that happens. But, but it, when when it's it's that when it when the story so confirms your worldview, I think that's when the highest uh, skepticism oh, is required. I, I couldn't agree more, and I think that I think that for for these sort of claims to be you know confirmed, we need. A, a incredibly high level of, of evidence of proof, just just as you said, you know, when we started talking about this story, because it is so serious, we cannot make it, we cannot come to a conclusion before we have very, very strong evidence. And at least on that, I think you and I are in complete agreement. Absolutely, yep. All right. Now, before we move on, I'd like to thank our new supporters this week. Uh, first, we have Joshua from the greater Boston area. Joshua is our right. yeah, is our latest continuing monthly supporter, and we really appreciate that. And Joshua writes, it is extremely refreshing to hear recent discussions from both sides of the aisle about what is going on in our political wor- world. Keep up the excellent work. Uh, next, right. next, we have uh, Marta from Washington, D.C., who made a very generous donation to the show. No, uh, uh, no comment, but Marta, thank you very much for your support of the show. Thank you, Marta. And then finally, we have John from Los Angeles. Uh, John writes, I enjoy the show. Thanks for all you guys put into it. Oh, thank you, John. Yeah, thank you, John. Now, if you're interested in supporting the show financially, you can do what Joshua, Marta, and John did. Go to politicsguys.com and click on either the PayPal or Patreon donation links you'll see there. Now, both Jay and I are truly grateful for your support, and uh, it's especially helpful for us to have continuing monthly supporters, something you can set up pretty easily in either Patreon or PayPal. Uh, regular monthly donations are really helpful because that lets us know what we can expect, makes us easier plan for the future, that sort of thing. And of course, if you ever want to cancel an automatic monthly contribution, you just decide that we've gone completely off the rails, uh, which of course we never would do, I hope. Uh, it's quick and easy to do that. And finally, as always, it would be a big help if you could spread the word about the show by sharing and retweeting our new show posts on Facebook and Twitter and leaving reviews and ratings of the show on iTunes. All right, let's move on to 
confirmation hearings. It was a big week for confirmation hearings, which were underway for a number of top Trump administration officials, most notably Secretary of State nominee Rex Tillerson and Attorney General nominee Jeff Sessions. Uh, Let's start with Rex Tillerson. You know, he seemed to take a tougher line on Russia than Donald Trump has, but he wouldn't go so far as to call Russia a rogue state or to agree that Vladimir Putin has murdered his political opponents at home and committed war crimes abroad, both of which seem highly likely to me. Now, perhaps surprisingly, some of this... Well, but that's that's also a little difficult uh, question, I guess, when you're... When you're talking to a potential secretary of state. Sure. And, you know, I think that's a are you going to label someone a rogue state? That's sort of asking you know someone to make policy before. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, that was a point that I if if you hadn't brought that up and I was almost certain you were going to. Thank you. uh, I was going to bring that up myself saying that, you know, even though I feel very confident that these things are true. That's not the sort of thing you would expect the secretary of state to say or a Secretary of State nominee to say without really ironclad proof because those are, you know, we talked earlier in the show about how those sort of those sort of claims need very strong proof. And when you're talking about international diplomacy, you need incredibly strong proof to say that. And so even though, Jay, you and I know well, these even things if not even yeah, even if even if not the the proof, the the idea of um you know, are you going to have someone uh, who is is not really in government yet? Uh, it's yeah, that's making good statements point. that are essentially foreign yeah. policy statements. Yeah. I mean, and, you know, he could grab the mic and say, "Yes, I, you know, in fact, we're declaring war." You know, what yeah, I mean, it's sort right. of well, yeah, um, and that, I think no, it's a great point, right? Because people at confirmation hearings, it's like it's like being on a first date or something like that. You know, you try to impress, you try to show the best aspects of yourself and not not let your inner crazy come out if there happens to be any of that sort of thing. So 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 yeah, that that's a very good point. But you know, one thing I thought interestingly though also those questions came uh in large part from Republicans. Jay, you're reading my mind. Yeah, Marco yeah. Rubio was really kind of hammering on Tillerson about that sort of thing. So uh, I think you and I are in agreement on this, that we don't really feel that Rex Tillerson was being too soft on on Putin or Russia. It's just he was acting like you would expect a, a nominee a for diplomat to act. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. You know, one other thing, though, uh, Tillerson also said that essentially that China better knock it off with the island building in the South China Sea. Now, he didn't put it quite that way, but it was pretty blunt. And he also said that if they kept on doing what they were doing, we'd have to take action. Now, that to me, that I mean, that pretty thoroughly freaked out the Chinese state media. Uh, Jay, did it freak you out? Well, no, because I mean, I don't, I don't have. You don't freak any, out, really, I don't, Jay. I don't freak out. I no. don't have. You know, I'm not claiming uh, that I have islands in the that my islands are in the South China Sea. Um, no, I mean, I, I think, but that that also is is still that's consistent with what our current policy is, uh, and I think it's you know. There's a difference there of saying uh, we are concerned with with areas uh, that uh, this foreign state uh, actions that they're taking. Uh, if this conti- if this trend continues, we'll have to take action and so forth. I you know I think that's appropriate as opposed to you know th- there's a there's a distinction between that and labeling a foreign leader a war criminal. Um, you know in, in the uh, in a in a hearing, but uh, no, I I think that's that's probably. Uh, Look, they asked him the question, and he gave him the answer on that. And um, okay, you know, all right. I mean, well, did I, I, my senses did it freak you out? Well, I didn't exactly freak me. I was a little stronger than maybe I would have expected. But just like you, I don't generally freak out all that easily. So, so no. But I guess it was just a little bit more than than what I had thought. Maybe he would he would say on that. So, you know, if, let's move on to Jeff Sessions. Uh, now, I would argue. That some of the most notable accomplishments of the Obama administration, which we'll talk about on Wednesday's show, have come from a Justice Department that's pushed hard against minority voter suppression. It's worked to reform broken, corrupt, and racist police departments. It's pushed hard for gender and sexual orientation equality. And it is wisely not pushed back at all when states started to legalize marijuana. And all of this now seems to be in serious jeopardy under a Jeff Sessions-led Justice Department. And, you know, it's certainly why there was such a rush 
under the current Justice Department to get consent degrees into place reforming policing in Chicago and Baltimore. And, and Sessions, you know, here you have a 70-year-old white guy from Alabama who's big on law and order. If you're a minority or a woman, you pretty much know what to expect there. And so, you know, I, again, it's it's almost unquestioned that's, that I mean, he's I, going to be I confirmed. Think I think that's unfair. And if you want to okay. point out that one of the, the things that he was tough on law and order was prosecuting uh, uh, racially motivated crimes, uh, pushing for the death penalty, uh, allowing state prosecutions to go through, you know, to go forward, have it prosecuted in a different state because they could get the death penalty. Um and and uh, prosecuting the Ku Klux Klan, I, you know, no, I think that's I think that's unfair to say. This guy, I mean, this guy, white guy, he's from Alabama. Uh, oh, we all know what code, you know, that's code for. I that's well, I think law, that's unfair. Well, law and order certainly does. It's one of those dog law and whistle order is, kind is of fair, phrases. But, but, but who doesn't like? But, who doesn't like? Want well, let me order, let me walk right? it back a little bit. Then, yeah, you know, you have some fair points. I guess what I'm trying to say. And maybe I put it a little too uh, dramatically, sensationalistically. So that's the, my apologies for that. But I guess what I'm saying is he has. This, I got your back, Alabama. <laughs> well, I mean, here here's what I'm saying is is that Jeff Sessions. I don't I don't believe that he's a, a racist. I mean, I would need some pretty strong proof of that. I don't believe Donald Trump, for that matter, is a racist. But I believe he has a, a set of attitudes about. A number of issues that not racist, but that you would sort of expect from a 70 year old white guy who grew up in the South. And that's not to say he's a bad person. But what it says is that in in his Justice Department, I'm going to see very different policies and very different emphases and de-emphasis than we saw under uh, the Justice Department uh, in the Obama administration. And that's just par for the course. I mean, that's what I would have expected out of any Republican attorney general, right, regardless right. of who had won. So I'm disappointed, but it's more kind of a generic disappointment. You know, Jeff Sessions is going to be uh, really bad for the sort of policies that I care about and that liberals care about. But that's not a Jeff Sessions thing. That's just the Republican thing. Okay. Well, no, all right. All right. Fair Although still the, the, uh, so, so when you when you describe him as his attitudes as as being consistent with a seventy year old guy from Alabama, you're talking about his position on marijuana, uh, not not civil rights. Well, um, civil rights too, because I really think that while I don't think he's personally a racist, I also don't think that he's going to fight hard against the minority disenfranchisement laws. He is he we would we, we he would not be described as a progressive. Exactly. Exactly. Let's yeah. yeah. I think All that's right. the way. I think to put that's it. the better way to yeah. Yeah, we can agree um, on that. And and I think that's why a lot of uh, conservatives have taken heart that he is going to be a, a, uh, a true conservative in the Department of Justice. Oh, yeah. And uh, I think I think that's it. now now as far as dealing with the um, police departments, I, I don't know. I, I'm not sure that's a fair criticism because we don't know what he would have done or, you know, he's kind of been on record, do. I think, as, as saying uh, agreeing with with President Trump that the police departments have been uh, unfairly targeted by the Obama administration and that I also believe he's come out in uh, against doing so many of these consent degrees decrees. And of course, the Obama administration has done a lot of these things, you know, to reform a whole a whole number of of big city police forces. Sure. And and, uh, you know, I think you have to look and take that as a a case by case basis on on the consent decrees about what what they're coming up with, um, and again, there's there's no consent decree obviously in, until there's a Justice Department uh, investigation or a threatened uh, uh, prosecution sure. or so forth. Um, so uh, you know, it's we'll we'll wait and see. I mean, uh, uh, on, on the same token, I think there are a lot of folks in Chicago uh, who have seen historic murder rates who who might agree with with a Jeff a more Jeff Sessions approach a more conservative approach that uh, sure, some- we ought not to be taking steps to 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 uh, do anything to to uh, handicap the police in dealing with with uh, the situation and we would if if there's going to be an error then we err on on the side of of uh, having more aggressive policing Ooh. Uh, and reducing this the this murder rate, yeah. So, and and I'm, when I say more aggressive policing, no, yeah. I'm not talking about you just shoot people. I'm talking about 
things like uh, stop and frisk and so forth, which the Obama court you know, went to court to to, uh, to undo. I, I think, um, and I guess this is where we have a difference. I think when you err, you err on the side of civil rights. Okay, so and, there you go. But we'll, I mean, that's we'll, why we'll, that's why you're that's, not concerned. But I'm a liberal. The default in Chicago, and, and you've seen the, you know the murder rate. So yeah, well, yeah. All right. Um, well, it's moving on from that. You know, Congress, in, in addition to all these confirmation hearings, which are, are Senate-only thing, you know, Congress has been really busy this week. Uh, in addition to those confirmation hearings, the move to repeal Obamacare has continued, with the Senate passing a measure allowing much of President Obama's signature domestic policy achievement to be dismantled under budget reconciliation rules. Now, this means that the Democrats will not be able to use the filibuster to stop these changes. And this, of course, is a move that was widely expected. In fact, just last week on the show, we predicted that this would happen. Occasionally, we get a prediction right, Jay. Um, yep, you know, yep. Now, of course, when President Obama and the Democrats were pushing through legislation using these same reconciliation rules, Senate Republicans screamed foul, but now it's okay because – well, because it's just okay, I guess. Uh, well, no, I, I think it's now it's okay because they did it first. Well, okay, uh, you know, <laughs> that's, that's, there's a good argument. The, yeah, the, the, no, I think that's the response. Is is look, if this is how you're going to play, then we're going to play the same way. Okay, but so, yeah, okay. Some people call it hypocrisy, but but fair enough. That's that's how that's how politics is. You know, I would say that while repeal of most of Obamacare is just about a certainty. The replace part is going to be a lot trickier. And, you know, despite this, President-elect Trump says he expects a replacement plan right away. And we're talking weeks, which that would be astonishingly quick for such a huge and important piece of legislation or, or, you know, really for any legislation. And and let me put this into perspective. It took President Obama and a then Democratic Congress 14 months to pass Obamacare. And even at that pace, Republicans screamed that it was being jammed down their throats without enough consideration. You know, I remember when Nancy uh, Nancy Pelosi was then the House Speaker said, well, we'd have to pass the bill to know what was in it. And, you know, Republicans jumped all over that comment, understandably so. But if Donald Trump has his way, what Republicans will pass will be the least vetted major policy change in modern history. Jay, what do you think about all this? I think what we're going to end up with is going to be sort of there will probably be some sort of placeholder piece uh, put in while a bigger, bigger piece of legislation is worked out. Well, I hope so. Uh, I, I would agree. I would agree that the, the Trump proposal of, of getting this done in in a couple of weeks is is uh, um, crazy, un- unworkable. Now, um, now it's it's not clear when when Trump's talking about his deadlines of. We're going to get this done and replaced if if that's intended to mean um, we're going to have a bill that is is passed and, and uh, enacted in uh, both houses of Congress uh, or that he just means we're going to have a, a, a bill um, because there that's two separate things. Oh, yeah. I think to, to get a to get a bill together um, with general outline framework type stuff of here's the where we're going to go. Here's what we're keeping. Here's some things we're going to change. Uh, I think that can be done within a couple of weeks. There's going to be a thousand details that are, are worked out in committee uh, and so forth and, and certainly amendments and, and substitute bills and, and all that. But I think you could get a, a, a bill that has a general outline. Sure, because um, Republicans have already put forth a number of plans and yeah. so forth. So, But to my, se- my sense of what I've been hearing is that that's not what Donald Trump is asking for. He's asking for something that he wants to see on his desk, and which is just which is just well, nuts. They can put the bill on his desk. I mean, you <laughs> oh, yeah, there you <laughs> right. Fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. But um, but but again, I think it, it goes to and I don't actually think that Donald Trump doesn't understand how the process works. I hear some people on the left saying, well, clearly he's just completely unaware of how the legislative process works. Donald Trump is not a stupid or naive man. He knows how the legislative process works. And so he's not saying this out of ignorance. He's saying this for strategic reasons. I mean, wouldn't you agree, Jay? Yeah, I mean, it's it's one of those, I you know, I want the, in business, you know, I demand that I get this done in uh, five days and they say, geez, the best we can do is 30 and, you know, all right, you end up at uh, maybe 15 or 20 days. So this is how Donald Trump operates. I mean, yeah. this is pretty characteristic of him. And again, it goes back. We talked about this a few shows ago is that you can't take uh, what Donald Trump says literally, which is a, you know, a very disturbing thing to me, but it seems to be kind of par for the course. 
Yeah. So he, I don't think he actually means it. Um, I, I can't imagine that he would because it would suggest a level of ignorance uh, that I don't really believe that well, he yeah, possesses. Well, it's, the, it's the, the not literally but seriously. Yeah, exactly. Uh, he doesn't uh, actually mean this this many days, uh, but he does mean that uh, uh, he's he's going to you know press hard to keep it moving forward. And the fact that we're at this point now, okay, I, I will – I will say that I totally disagree with this as a as an approach, uh, and a lot of people on the left and a lot of people on the right think that you know this kind of is of a piece with how Donald Trump operates, and they find it uh, uh, completely disagreeable and wrongheaded and so forth. That said, and that's a lot for that said, you know it it's important to keep in mind that Donald Trump was elected to change how things happened in Washington D.C. He he is a true change candidate. We've seen a lot of people campaign as change candidates. Barack Obama campaigned as a change candidate, but he essentially operated in very much the similar way for all, you know, previous modern presidents. Donald Trump is for better or worse, uh, in many aspects, a real change candidate. And so, of course, those of us who believe in how things have been run are, are going to be very disconcerted by this. But that's what he was elected to do. And, you know, maybe we'll be proven wrong and this stuff will work wonderfully and, and America will be made great again. I, I sure as heck don't think so. But this is kind of what we have to expect from Donald Trump. Right. No, I, and look, it's no, it's not uncommon for a president, though, to say things like, you know, I, I will I'm ask Congress to put a bill that I can sign on, you know, my desk within the first hundred days or something sure. like that. Now, again, the timelines we're talking about are different. But I mean, there, there's so often those many first hundred day type type promises. Yeah. And, and Donald uh, Trump's kind of guy saying, yeah, I mean, Donald Trump's kind of yeah, saying, I can do better than yeah, that. yeah, 100 days. Yeah. <laughs> Give me it in 100 hours. You know, I mean, that's that's Donald Trump. Right. So, again, for better or for worse. So, well, certainly there's going to be there, there will be a lot of developments on this story and we will be following this very closely in the weeks and I expect months to come. All right. Well, uh, that uh, I, I knew this would be a, a jam-packed episode, and, and sure, surely enough, it was. Uh, so that is uh, that is about all the time we have for today's episode. Thanks, everyone, for listening. If you have any thoughts, comments, criticisms, or questions for Ask the Politics Guys, we would love to hear from you. Our email is mail at politicsguys.com. Our Facebook page, where we post stuff throughout the week, is facebook.com slash politicsguys. And we're also on Twitter at politicsguys. Now, we'd really appreciate it if you could subscribe to the show and leave a review on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you're listening to us. And, of course, sharing and retweeting our new show posts and tweets really does help a lot. If you'd like to support the show financially, you can do that through the PayPal or Patreon links on the website. And finally, if you enjoy the show, you should definitely check out the Politics Guys weekly newsletter. You can take a look at previous newsletters and sign up to have it delivered to your email inbox on our website, politicsguys.com. The Politics Guys will be back next Sunday. We hope you'll join us.